Hello there. Welcome into the Road to the Rise of Skywalker. I am your host, Thomas Manning, along with Mr. Alston Buzz Buzzard, leading up to Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker, the conclusion to the Skywalker trilogy. We have been going through the entire saga. We started out with a prequel trilogy, then we went on to the anthology films, uh, then we backtracked a little bit to the Clone Wars television series, and now we're going back to where it all started the original trilogy beginning in 1977 with simply called Star Wars, you know, later called A New Hope, but it's always just going to be Star Wars, the yeah. one and only. So Star Wars, then The Empire Strikes Back, and then Return of the Jedi. So yeah, we're just going to start things off right off the bat with A New Hope. I guess we'll call it that just for, uh, you know, differentiation's sake. Yeah. But, yeah. For namesake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Episode yeah. four, if you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which nobody understood why they're calling it episode four. If, if it was the first one ever, they didn't yeah. give it that title until like, you know, before the prequels came out. It was just, you know, George, really dropped the ball yeah, George Lucas is a, yeah, he, he's an interesting guy. Zany, but, if you will. Zany, that's a good one. That's a good one. All right. So, yeah, we're going to start things off. And um, I think whenever we think about the original trilogy, there are just these really special memories we associate with it. And uh, it's different for everybody. And I thought I'd get your thoughts on what that might have been for you, Buzz. Uh, I definitely remember, like, um, when I was little, like, we, like, my, my grandma got, like, a box of, like, VHSs, and it was, like, there was the, um, episodes four, five, and six, and, like, I didn't know what Star Wars was, but we watched them, they were awesome. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. loved them. Um, I really liked the, the, um, the Ewoks when I was little. Like, those, like, that was my favorite one with the Ewoks. Oh, those, for sure. Yeah. These little bear things just whooping up on the bad guys. Yeah. It was yeah. awesome. Yeah, I mean, they were like Baby Yoda before Baby Yoda. This is who, true. This who, is true. You know, we'll probably talk about Baby Yoda at some point, you know, if we get to the Mandalorian, the new television series. But that's a bit of a digression. We'll go back we'll, to... We'll get there. Yeah, we'll yeah, get there. yeah, yeah. But yeah, the Ewoks, oh my gosh, just the embodiment of adorableness in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. And that was in Return of the Jedi. But uh, I think, personally, for me, I remember some of the first like grown-up movies i guess you could say that yeah. i ever watched were the original trilogy but uh my dad went in and edited versions of it to edit out some of the more little more intense parts to make it a little bit more kid-friendly i guess nice. you could say like you wouldn't see um owen and baru lars you wouldn't see the burning skeletons on the ground Fair enough. uh Fair enough. probably not good for a five-year-old to have that image in his brain no um no. then you wouldn't see like Luke's hand being directly cut off or <laughs> or even Emperor Palpatine's face my dad thought his face would scar me for life it uh, yeah it's definitely uh, Palpatine's face is definitely not the brightest mug to be looking at yeah yeah <laughs> when you're like five but yeah so my dad would go in and kind of clean things up a little bit but even with that I still had an absolute blast I was just drawn in from this universe from the very beginning um, when you see the uh, Tanta V4 Rebel blockade runner just swooping into the picture and then the massive Star Destroyer coming yeah. in over it. And you're like, oh, okay, so we know we got to root for the good guys right here. They've got to be the good guys if they're the underdogs. And um, just that visual component that Lucas was able to establish just right off the bat. And you're like, oh, okay, well, this is the fight of their lives for the Rebels. And you got you know they're really um, they're really gritty and they're having to really scrap to get their victories yeah. and um, 
then shortly thereafter, like five minutes in the movie, Darth Vader finally walks in. And you're like, this is the coolest design for a villain that you will ever see. Oh, yeah. Like, just the mask. It's like a samurai skeleton type mask. And the the dark breathing and just shrouded in black. He walks in and you know he's that guy. Yeah, He means business. Yeah, I mean, Johnny Cash, the man in black, except I don't think Darth Vader was the nicest Johnny Cash. No, probably not. Yeah, yeah. Johnny's probably a little little nicer. Probably so. This isn't going to be hard to be nicer than good old Darth. Uh Yeah. But uh, it's just there's so many things that I have associated with watching the original trilogy over and over and over again. It was the first Star Wars I was introduced to, and I think, I think that's how it should be for everybody. I yeah. mean, you, you can go along any route you please, but uh, I think getting into the best Star Wars first, oh yeah, and then kind of going back to some of the little lesser subpar Star Wars, I think that's the best route to go. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely, definitely start with the original trilogy, because then you re- like if you watched episode, if you went one, two, three, four, five, six. Then you'd be the like one of the biggest plot twists in movie history. It would be spoiled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Luke and Leia are brother and sister, and then yeah. all of a sudden, yikes! And who's their father? Yeah. No. Oh yeah, yeah. Of no, course, no, of course. That awkward. that part. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what. Uh, I'm. I really sincerely hope that George Lucas did not know at that point they were going to be brother and sister. That would be um, really nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, that would. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, George, and then also you already know their dad, and it's like, oh, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. That, that's great yeah so if you haven't seen that i'm sorry i just spoiled it for you uh yeah well uh, if you're if you're listening to this and you haven't seen it then uh i, I just don't know what to tell you i'm sorry yeah i mean thanks for listening but uh maybe go watch star wars yeah. maybe first that's on you that's on you <laughs> yeah yeah but um i think we gotta definitely spend some time talking about the characters and the character arcs of our uh, main core Throughout the trilogy, of course, Luke Skywalker, yeah. the um, basically the pinnacle of Star Wars. He is what Star Wars truly represents. And then you've got his sister Leia, Princess Leia. You've got Han Solo, the space cowboy. Yes, sir. You've got Chewbacca, the uh, basically well, he's a Wookiee. He's <laughs> a walking carpet, the hairy man's hairy best friend of Han Solo. And then you've got the two two old droids. C-3PO, who's just kind of a bumbling fool, and R2-D2, who is an astromech droid, who, he's on top of everything. But, I mean, that core group of, what is that, like half a dozen characters, they are the ones that have carried the franchise forward, and they're probably the reason that we have, even nearly 42 years later, that we still have new stuff being cranked out, because they started it all, and... uh, Without them, we wouldn't be there. Would no be no Skywalker saga, right? Yeah, because like they pretty much laid the groundwork, and if they if that bot if that botched it, yeah, 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 we wouldn't be here today. Uh-huh. Yeah. So mm-hmm. thanks to them for making this podcast possible. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't think we can get sponsors, but uh, no. hey, but Mark Hamill, if you're listening, please. You know, please subscribe on SoundCloud. Give us a, give us a share. Yeah, maybe yeah. subscribe to my YouTube channel and Buzz's as well. Yeah, yeah, go yeah, ahead. yeah. We're not going to complain if that happens. Yeah, at yeah. all. But um, you know, I think if there's one particular character arc that really stood out to you, Buzz, what would that be? Uh, I I feel like Luke's. Yeah, is yeah, really awesome. yeah. 
because um, like <laughs> the first time you meet him, he's kind of like this whiny like farm worker guy. I was going to Tashi Station to get some power converters. Yeah, this droid has a bad motivator. <laughs> Uncle Owen, <laughs> Uncle Owen. Uh, it's like, dude, what a dork. Yeah. But then you're like, oh, like this guy is like ah, the he, man. He's he, got, yeah, he's got some innate ability deep yeah. inside him that if he reaches down and finds it, he can do anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's just cool to see like him go from like a, like a whiny teenager. I guess he's a little older teenager, but that's what I would compare him to. I think he was 19 when yeah. the first movie, so yeah. And then like in the end, he's just like essentially one of the leaders of the entire rebellion. Like, yeah, yeah. What a what a jump. He's a Jedi Knight. Yeah. I mean, talk about transition from whiny farm boy to Jabba's palace in Return of the Jedi. He just walks in there dressed in all black, yeah. new lightsaber, you know, just a, I don't know, about a year after his own daddy cut off his arm and threw him down a pit into this, you know, well, I think he kind of jumped into the pit, but he was like, I'd rather jump than hang out with my daddy here. Yeah, Kind of yeah, how, yeah. how I feel about my own daddy, Noel <laughs> Manny. But, uh, but anyway... <laughs> Back, back to the point. The, the guy that shielded you from <laughs> scarring images. Five. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, so yeah, Luke just going. Uh, Return of the Jedi. He has become. He's kind of embraced some of the darkness, and we see that symbolism with his cloak, with his dark cloak. Yeah. Um, and by the end of that film, he is on the very verge of turning to the dark side. When he has to face his father one last time in front of his father's master, Emperor Palpatine, right. who Emperor Palpatine wants him, Luke, as his new apprentice, because you know that's that's the way Palpatine. Oh, Sheev, that's the name. Yeah, Sheev, Sheev. Sheev. That's the way he is. He's like, all right, well, your dirty laundry, time to throw you out. Get, yeah. Wash a wash a new cycle, bring you back in, um, and that that epic climactic lightsaber battle in the Death Star throne room. Like the most dramatic point in uh, probably in the original trilogy. Oh yeah. Because everything in both in all three movies had been leading to that very moment, and uh, if screenwriters and directors hadn't found a way to pay off that suspense and that tension and that drama, then it would have been a very drab and bland uh, climax. But what uh, what they were able to do with that. Uh, it's like this really eerie operatic music yeah. as you see the silhouette of Luke and Darth Vader just going at it. Yeah. And it's not, you know, the choreography for the original trilogy, Lightsaber Battles, not quite on par with, like, the prequels or something like that. But I think what they had going for it was the emotion and the palpable yeah. drama and uh, that uh, just some of the shots of that dark throne room and the silhouettes uh, they're swinging lightsabers at each other that those are some of the images that i keep with me most from the original trilogy oh yeah yeah it's definitely just an awesome yeah. scene yeah because uh, like you said everything's built up to that point yeah yeah um and it's really cool <clears throat> and it's really cool to see like that you can tell like luke was borderline yeah like, yeah yeah dark side light side and you're like is he gonna do it is he gonna pull the trigger on the dark side and then it's like no. Yeah. And then he was like the ultimate good guy. Yeah, and even there's this shot where he's like standing in the shadows and half of his face half of his face is bathed in light and yeah. the other half is in darkness. And it's like it's a bit on the nose with its symbolism, but still it's like there's something so just awesome about it. Yeah. And it's like, oh my gosh, this is um 
you know, people. some people say Star Wars isn't very deep, and I guess you could say that is a bit surface level, but when you get down to the core of it and really pick apart everything, it's some of the deep. It has some of the deepest philosophical themes. Oh yeah, that you could ever imagine. Yeah, Star yeah. Wars. Like when you think about it, you're like, whoa. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, you know, that's that's Return of the Jedi. I guess we'll backtrack a bit and talk about some more moments from A New Hope. Um, you know, of course, the opening for that one of the greatest openings in cinematic history. Yeah, and it's gotten other wonderful moments what are some of those uh that you go back to over and over again uh obviously uh han and greedo i think oh of course of course yeah yeah like uh who shot first yeah i heard heard, uh, on disney plus it's it's different i just uh, yeah i gave it a little quick watch last night and uh greedo says an extra word right before he gets shot he goes mcclunky oh and uh we, we don't know what mcclunky means but um it was his last word so, <laughs> a bit of a, yeah, probably not the last word that I want to have in my life. I think life, that's but. definitely a spoiler for The Rise of Skywalker, I think is why they put that in there. Oh, so you and think, yeah. You think that was some code word to bring Palpatine's spirit back? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. how he summoned. Like, okay. It, it, was, yeah. it was a late type of thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. He says it now, and then it works in point. Yeah, 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 that, yeah, that, that's what Naturally. it is. Oh, yeah. Okay, I you think know. we cracked the code, so uh, sorry. Sorry about the leaks here. <laughs> this, this is actually all official. Yeah, um, this is real, so it's it's not official. It's not yeah, real. No, just no, just no. disclaimer. Wait, yeah, that was that. Sar- the sarcasm. But uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, the Han the Han shot first controversy has kind of pervaded all throughout pop culture. Yeah, it's not just a Star Wars thing. It's it's everywhere. It's a massive meme in the age of the internet, and uh, that was that was the moment where Han kind of. That was the first on-screen moment where we saw Han. This is Han. This is yeah. the space cowboy. This is um, he's kind of the Clint Eastwood type. Yeah. And uh, he's, he's the cool guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's just so suave, and uh, he's gonna do whatever he has to for himself. He's pretty selfish, um, and he's he's almost um, well. He, he's a smuggler. Uh, some would call him arrogant. Some would call him selfish. But I definitely he, think everyone would consider Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but he comes about it in this charming way, yeah. which it's uh, really interesting to take in, especially as he develops through the franchise, becomes more and more uh, selfless. Yeah. And uh, makes sacrifices like you saw in Empire Strikes Back, where he goes out to save Luke. Yeah. When Luke is out there, he gets attacked by the Wampa. And he needs Han to come and rescue him, or he would have frozen to death. Yeah, he cuts open the Tauntaun and stores Luke in there, and you know, Han could have frozen to death right then and there. Yeah. But uh, he was like, "Nah, my my buddy here, I gotta gotta give it to him." And then later on, when um, he gets frozen in carbonite, and you're like, "Well, is this the end of this character?" And I think George Lucas uh, wanted to keep him alive, but. Harrison Ford wanted to kill them all. He hated so, on yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So there was a bit of a. It was kind of a cliffhanger. I don't think in between movies they knew exactly where that storyline was going, but um, they ended up giving Han a wonderful conclusion to his character arc in Return of the Jedi when uh, you know they unfrozen from the carbonite. I guess George Lucas won out that argument, and um, we he is General Solo. He is the. Uh, basically the full-on military rebellion leader yeah and um 
a far cry from his days of kind of pirating and smuggling and, and definitely dropping the uh Kessel Run in 12 parsecs. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he, did, he did the Kessel Run in the 12 parsecs. That yeah, no, Nobody else could have done that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's still got those those pilot skills, but he's not quite as uh, um, heavy-handed with all of his arrogance. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think his character arc was one of my favorites from the trilogy. Yeah, you definitely see him go from, like, super selfish, arrogant, like, all-about-me guy, like, I'm just yeah. doing whatever to do yeah. to save my tail, to, like, we got to... I gotta help everybody else. Yeah, which yeah. is awesome to see. Yeah, um, and uh, I think Princess Leia's character, um, she starts out as the damsel in distress and uh, kind of a stereotype, but then <laughs> once she gets rescued, she's like, "I didn't need you guys. Yeah, I like, could have done this with myself." And I mean, and she she can handle weapons just fine. Yeah, and uh, she is um, incredibly intelligent and great leader very charismatic and uh it was really interesting to see lucas and uh the rest of the creators kind of turn the i guess turn the gender roles on on its head because you you really didn't see a ton of like empowering female characters at that point i mean you had them pop up every once in a while like um with um a alien franchise Uh with uh Ridley Scott's Alien franchise with Sigourney Weaver's character, and uh, but I think Princess Leia is just an icon for kind of um, inspiring young females and the younger generation that hey, you don't have to just be the just the damsel in distress. You can go out and do stuff on your own. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And uh, also hairstyles. Of course, of course, yeah. That's why I'm growing my hair out so I, I can have. That's that's what I figured. Fun, yeah, funds, yeah. Know? I figured. Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure my dad used to have Princess Leia hairstyle back in the day. Nice. Yeah, nice. yeah. I mean, you might fact check me on that, but uh, there's a possibility. Yeah, yeah. There's a possibility that I mean, yeah. there's a possibility of there being a picture. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah, everybody would love to see. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, Princess Leia just stellar in every sense oh, of the yeah. word. Real champ. Uh, she is. She is, and uh. We haven't even talked about Yoda yet, have we? No. Oh my goodness, Yoda, the um, he was the next step in the evolution of puppeteering, if you will. Um, yeah, this is no, no uh, Elmo Street. No, yeah, no, no. no. <laughs> you mean Sesame Street? That's what I meant. I'm, that's so awkward. Uh, Elmo Street. That's yep. a- well, Elmo lives on the. We are, no, I can't. <laughs> Can't say that. I'm so sorry. Uh, we we knew what you meant. We we got you. Uh, it's we all stumble over our words every once in a while. But um uh, yeah, but Yoda, the the practical puppetry that we had with this little green creature, when Luke comes across him in Empire Strikes Back, you know, we know Luke is looking for some grand warrior and Jedi master, but he just comes across this little green runt sitting on the log, like you know, like Weird Al Yankovic would say, yeah. Um, and you're like, what is, what is happening here? Who is this little quirky little fellow who goes around, who can barely move, who hitting R2-D2 with a stick, who's chuckling at all of his own jokes (laughs) and, um, you know, where's the, like complete a sentence. He's just speaking awful. He speaks backwards. Yeah. Yeah. You know, do or do not. There is no try. Mm. What, what is that? I don't know. That was probably a bad example. Wasn't it? Uh, um, um, we're all blanks. <laughs> we are, uh, but uh, yeah. Anyway, 
we love Yoda. Um, the he was able to introduce one of the quirkier sides to Star Wars. I mean, we'd seen it glimpses of it like in the Cantina in A New yeah. Hope, and we always knew there was some really weird stuff in there. But when we saw Yoda, this little well, like twenty pound little creature hobbling around with a cane, he's like nine hundred years old. And like this dude's going to kick the bucket any second. Yeah. Like there's no way he yeah. can hold on any longer. Yeah, and he's yeah. just hopping around. And he's one of the most um, introspective philosophers out there. Uh, yeah, like do or do not, there is no try. Mm-hmm. Um, the Force will be with you always. That is, that's Ben Kenobi. That is not Yoda. Uh, but uh, but there's so many great Yoda quotes. And uh, if we had done our research, we might have those with us here right now. But uh yeah, we love Yoda, and when we saw the full potential of him as he lifts up Luke's X-Wing out of the swamp, when Luke had been trying and trying and trying, and, you know, Luke hears this young spry kid in the prime of his life, and you're like, well, he's he's got to be able to lift this, or at least he's going to have a better shot at it than little Yoda here. Yeah. But then Loda, Loda just tunes into the Force and lifts up this massive – multi-ton x-wing and that's out of the water like not just uh, yeah 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 if you try to lift something out of the water yeah not just any water swamp water it's (laughs) very murky maybe there's some gators in there yeah yeah there was definitely some stuff in there uh you have some yoda quotes for us um so i looked them up and none of them are really that like good uh (laughs) Uh, well we can't find any good examples of the uh backwards yoda speak but that's all. That's all right. That's all right. There's yeah. That all right. But he does. We promise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I think people use. Um, I think the risk that they took writing the character of Yoda, as is what has allowed other uh, more recent Star Wars movies to kind of dial into the humor, into the goofy side of things. Yeah. Like sometimes it hasn't worked. Like with Jar Jar Binks, <laughs> which. I personally, I defend Jar Jar. I didn't think he was as horrendous as a lot of people thought. I think Sith Lord. So, (laughs) well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That of course. But uh, besides that, if you're a ten year old, then I think you'll get a good kick out of him. Oh yeah. But um, some of the, a lot of there was a lot of that kind of humor in the prequels, uh, and in the sequels as well. There's been a lot of kind of subtle dry humor. There's been a lot of, um, and there's been some just weird, bizarre things as well, and uh, like Luke with the green milk. And the massive space cow. Yeah. Um, and I think all of that can be attributed to the influence of Yoda, who, you know, this little <laughs> little character. Okay. And Did you see uh, that video um, where he sings like that something about like seagulls. Oh, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, seagulls, stop it now. That, that is a fantastic music video. Yeah, yeah. It's like I feel like. Yoda would actually do something like that, though. Like, yeah. He, he'd be all for it. Yeah, yeah. Was, was that like a bad lip reading type yeah. thing, I believe? Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, yeah, we love Yoda. We love every single character from the prequel trilogy. or Well, prequels and the original trilogy, which is what we're talking about right here and right now. But uh, I think more than anything, we love some John Williams. Oh, yes. One of the greatest composers to ever walk the face of the earth. And... um like the most iconic opening score of all time, you know, and that even if you never watched a single Star Wars movie and you play that, people can be like, oh yeah, that, that's Star Wars. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I've heard that before. And uh, there's, I think for each of us, 
there's a specific John Williams track from each original trilogy film that whenever we hear it, we're just like, we can picture that scene in our minds, perfect illustration of it. And we get those emotions, get those feelings that we felt as we watched it. So what would be uh, some of those tracks for you? Um, so for New Hope, I uh, went a lot outside the box here. Said the Cantina Band. Well, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, of course. I almost, I was, almost made it my ringtone. Like I was, I was going through and listening to it the other night. I was like, "This is gonna be my ringtone. Yeah. That'd be great." Could you imagine getting a phone call and this Cantina Band comes yeah. on? Yeah. So awesome. Yeah. Um, um, and it's like, kind of goofy, but it's also you're like, "That's, I like it." You know, it's groovy. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> um, and then for Empire Strikes Back. I went with the heroic. Okay. Oh, Luke and Han. Oh, it's okay. Like, <coughs> I'm not dying. I promise. <laughs> Sound um, like Darth Vader. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, I actually just got uh, attacked by somebody, oh, um, and oh. half my body got cut off and burned. So oh. that's, I'm, I'm fine now. <laughs> yeah, you're um, good now. A couple band aids. Put you in a life support. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I'm just I have a little cough. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's like a mix of like. Um. I don't know how to describe it, but it was like, it had a little bit of like the main score, but then it was like, oh, hey, there's like a little, like, a little Jedi theme in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was awesome. Yeah, John Williams has always been uh, incredible at weaving in the various themes and variations on those themes. Yeah. And um, creating medleys of it all. And a good friend of mine, Christian Jessup, would be very useful in this conversation. He is probably the greatest composer to ever come out of Boiling Springs, North Carolina, out of Gardner-Webb, graduated here a few years ago. And he's a massive Star Wars fan. And, uh, you know, he did some – he did a little bit of work with Hans Zimmer's company a few years back. So, I don't know, maybe sometime we can have him on the show to, to give his thoughts on this. But, you know, for right now, I'm going to mention, with knowledge I have, i got to mention the Binary Sunset, or they call it the Four Suite yeah. in A New Hope. Yeah. Um, it's the classic boom, boom, boom. Wait, that's that's not it. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> Sorry. Our boss, Jeff, is in here, and he, he's laughing at do you us. Wanna, do you want to sing along? <laughs> Mike's open. He is. He, he refuted. He is, yeah, he's not. That's he's, a great opportunity. He's not into it. Um, Showcase his yeah, vocal talent yeah. to the world. Yeah. But it's – um. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not gonna try. But but you know, you know, you know. When when Luke Skywalker is just staring off into the sunset, just kind of brooding a little bit. Yeah. Uh, because both of the sunsets. Yeah, 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 right. yeah. It's there's two. You know, two, two suns. Shots. Yeah, and uh, he is kind of mad at his uncle because his uncle wants to keep him around uncle? on the farm for a little bit, and uh, he wants to go and join the rebellion. So he just goes out and stares at the sunset, just puts his hands on his hips, just. It's like he knew he was posing, like, yeah, but yeah. still, just the sweeping crescendo from John Williams. It starts off, yeah, yeah, very good word. It starts off kind of building and building and building, and then once, once you see him just looking off at the sunset, there it goes, and uh, it's it's a thing of beauty. It gives me chills every time I hear it. Um, so, for a new hope, I think. That score, I think that won Best Original Score at the Oscars. I know it definitely really? got nominated. I think it won it as well. Nice. Um, looking to The Empire Strikes Back, I think Asteroid Field, that's one of those yeah. that really stuck with me. When Han and Chewbacca and Leia, C-3PO, 
are fleeing Hoth and uh, the Empire coming after them, sending all their TIE fighters, and they have to make their way through this asteroid field. Bob and weave, baby. Bob yeah, and yeah, exactly. Um, and you hear, it goes, I can do this one, I promise. It goes, ba 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 Ba, ba, yep. ba, ba. Yeah. See, I got it I right. That, I, got I, got, I got the pitch all right on that one as well. Some may say we're uh, on the uh, same wavelength. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, okay. That, that was that was pretty good. Yeah, uh, that one. Yeah, and um, <laughs> yeah, but that one just has this epic like swashbuckling spirit to it. You know, you said it, before swashbuckling. I think I have. Nice. It's it's a fun word to describe so certain moments of Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I should have started a podcast. Talking about you know word of the week source dot com from a former 2014 national spelling bee contestant. Oh, that's right. If you so if can you, you knew spell crescendo, of course I can spell crescendo. Oh. Yeah, C R E S C E N D O. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that was that was really difficult for me, but I got oh, I got it, I got it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, asteroid field, that one just it always gives you the goosebumps and raises the hairs on your arms. That's fantastic. And then Return of the Jedi, of course, is the climax. It's, um, I think the name of the track is The Final Duel Slash Into the Death Star. So uh, that is kind of, we have some of that operatic section as Luke and Darth Vader are duking it out. And uh, Luke has to make make the decision, you know, is he going to turn over to the dark side or going to stay true to his Jedi ways and still seek out the good in his father. And uh, you just really feel that deep, deep in your heart yeah. when you feel that, when you're uh, listening to that and watching it. And then it transitions, after Luke makes his decision, he transitions to the battle in space as Lando's leading the cavalry with the Millennium Falcon into the Death Star, into the core of it, to blow up the uh, main power source. And that's when it goes, bum, 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 You know that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So dun, 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 it was da. really interesting juxtaposition, if you will, Ooh. from the really dark uh, tone within the Death Star as the really dark, intense character moment to just blowing up stuff in space. <laughs> and uh, more of that kind of a light and feel, um, more adventurous and uh, the way Williams is able to kind of switch those tones like that, that's, uh, that's what makes him one of the greatest composers to ever live. He, like, he's the man. Yeah. When it comes to, like, I would, like, I think it would be awesome to go to one of his concerts. Oh, my goodness. Like, oh, so yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think a few years ago, actually, I went to this thing in Charlotte, and it was like, um, I don't know what symphony it was, but it was a pretty renowned orchestral symphony. And, they played Star Wars score with, on the background, on a big screen, clips from the Star Wars franchise. That's awesome. It was great. That's I, awesome. I think I was like, you know, fifth or sixth grade, so it was a while back. But it, it was definitely an incredible memory. That's awesome. And uh, I'd, I'd love to go back to something like that again. Um, just uh, to feel that in person. Oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah, and Anthony Daniels was conducting that concert. Yeah. I don't know. C- C-3PO. Oh, no yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he, he didn't have a suit on, of course. Oh, bummer. He yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that would have been a pretty difficult one. But, yeah. Oh, my. Yeah. Um, but John Williams, his last Star Wars score ever is going to be The Rise of Skywalker. And uh, we've heard some rumors that 
there are variations on every single theme from the saga at certain points in this film and uh including even like duel of the fates from oh my from the phantom menace oh my or goodness. um or even like darth plagueis from revenge of the sith yeah and so you're wondering how they're going to weave all that in together but this is the conclusion to 42 years yeah franchise 42 year store uh, main story chronology and uh if they're gonna if this is truly the end then of course you gotta pay off all of those references and yeah. pay some homage to a bit of everything and uh i for one cannot wait and i i'm very excited yeah uh because once the movie comes out, I'll probably just listen to that on Spotify. So oh, yeah, yeah. All the old ones. Of course. <laughs> of course. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in to The Road to the Rise of Skywalker, our incredibly unstructured podcast. Uh, but and it's like, a beginning and an end, so I think we're good. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I think we're good. Yeah, exactly. That's all you really need. Who needs a middle? But, uh, yeah, well, we had a, we we're having a lot of fun, and now we've been through the prequels, the anthology films, the Clone Wars television series, and the originals. And it looks like we're going to have one more podcast left, uh, the sequel trilogy. We have The Road to the Rise of Skywalker releasing on December 20th, I believe it is. Uh, December 20th, 2019. And uh, basically just about a month away that we're recording this on November 19th. So it's coming up faster than you know it. And uh, it's been a blast talking about Star Wars. Can't wait to dive into the sequel trilogy next time around. And we are sequel trilogy defenders. I know a lot of people hate it, uh, including maybe even a few people in this room. I don't know. Uh, We don't know if Jeff's a big sequel trilogy fan or not. Eh, so-so. Yeah, yeah. He didn't say no. Yeah, he didn't say no. He didn't say no. Yeah. So that means yes. But yeah, remember, stay tuned for that. And thank you guys so much for listening. I am Thomas Manning, along with Austin Buzzard. And guess what, Buzz? I have spoken. Oh,